Welcome to Healthy Voyager Radio. I'll be your host, the Healthy Voyager, Carolyn Scott. Thanks for tuning in to Healthy Voyager Radio. I'm the Healthy Voyager, Carolyn Scott Hamilton, and it is just about 4th of July weekend. Do you have any plans yet? We'll uh, probably be all over the place, but enjoying it somehow, some way for sure. And remember to check out HealthyVoyager.com for some yummy recipes that I posted for you to cook up this holiday weekend and, you know, the rest of the summer if you like. All right, today's show features fellow vegan Latinas, and we'll be chatting about health, wellness, and delicious vegan cooking Latin style. And for those of you who don't know, I'm half Colombian, but normally I just say I'm fully Colombian because I was born in Bogota, and I spent every summer of my childhood in Colombia. And I grew up in South Florida around a ton of Latinos, and out here in Los Angeles, it really doesn't feel any different. Tons of Latinos out here too. So this July 4th, I'm promoting the melting pot or tossed salad idea and am celebrating the diversity that now makes up our great nation. It's uh, a lot different these days than it was back in 1776, that's for sure. I think uh, of all the founding fathers, though, I think Thomas Jefferson would have really dug modern-day America. (laughs) All right, well, since we're living La Vida Loca today, I thought I'd take some time to talk about the benefits of a plant-based diet being taught to and made available in the Latin community or any minority community for that matter. Um, For Hispanics, our lives center around food. Family and food, there is just no separation. We love to get together, we love to cook, and we love to eat. Any excuse to do so, we take it. But unfortunately, Latin food, as delicious as, as it is, most of the time it's incredibly unhealthy. A lot of um, Mexican food is cooked with a lot of lard and it's uh, fried, um, which is what makes it taste so good. Um, South American meals are very meat-based as well as heavy, heavy on the empty calorie starches like white rice and breads. Oh my God, do we love our bread. And the same goes for the Hispanic Caribbean nations. And unfortunately for many Latin Americans, uh, especially low-income Latin Americans, their diet is less than desirable. In many low-income Latin communities, we see obesity just everywhere, if not just a lot of overweight kids and adults, um, the rise in diabetes, uh, high blood pressure, hypertension, and a lot of other food-related diseases. The affordable food products that are available in their areas are just laden with chemicals and preservatives and just all-around junk because it's so cheap. So whether they're cooking at home or going out to eat, they're virtually ingesting the same garbage. So it doesn't matter if they're eating home-cooked meals because a lot of it is just filled with junk. Um, And the same is seen in African-American communities. So Uh, So many health problems in these communities are 100% due to poor diet, lack of availability of healthy food at a low cost, as well as a huge lack of information available to them regarding proper nutrition and how it affects their health. Um, And these days, if you're short on cash, you can feed a family of four for like 10 bucks at Taco Bell or McDonald's. So sure, that takes care of the hunger factor, but then there's there there's not one nutritious thing in that entire meal. So yeah, it's it's terrible that you can eat virtually a feast for nothing, but it's just full of garbage. Whereas you know to cook a maybe 100% organic meal from scratch for a family of four might take quite a bit of time, maybe about you know an hour, and it probably costs about twenty five to forty dollars, which 
you know, for a family of four or five or six, that can add up um, if you're cooking dinner every day. So I can see where the disconnect is and why the easier choice is to vote for junk. However, you know, a healthy meal for four can actually be whipped up for about $10. And in actuality, traditional Latin cooking is actually very healthy because we use a lot of vegetables and beans in our, and many of our most popular dishes can be healthified. You know, rice and beans, that's really cheap and easy. And if you make a huge pot of that, that can last for days for a large family. So there you go. That's vegan and cheap and healthy, um, provided you use brown rice and use a lot of vegetables and beans. So, you know, the old style of cooking from a hundred years ago, and uh, not the fast foodie, you know, Mexican chain restaurant, restaurant food. Um, you know, if we go back to kind of our roots of Latin cooking, it's much healthier. And uh, and we uh, we're going to talk about that later in the show because we have some Latina girls who uh, have veganized some very popular Latin American dishes. So that's going to be fun. So for any Latino listeners, or for those of you who know any unhealthy Latinos. Hopefully you'll have them listen to today's show as uh, between all of us crazy vegan Latinas, we've got some great info on how to still enjoy all of that abuelita's home cooking with none of the gunk that makes you sick. Uh, In addition, on future shows, I'll be chatting more and more about the foundation that I've launched called Well-Fed America as one of the aspects is working with low-income communities by offering free nutrition and cooking classes, um, health screenings, building organic community gardens, healthy food drives, and a ton of other neat stuff under the umbrella of Wealth at America that will assist in getting our nation healthier, regardless of income, race, location, etc. Um, the site is up, but not much is on there just yet. But if you're interested in getting involved, please uh, visit the site. It's www.wellfedamerica.com. And you'll see more and more um, on the site coming in the next few months and hearing me talk about uh, the upcoming real full launch of it. Uh, again, hopefully by the end of the summer. Alrighty, so stay tuned as I'll be chatting with the best-selling vegan Latina cookbook author, Terry Hope Romero, after the break. Hola, soy Mark Anthony para Red, recording artists, actors, and athletes against drunk driving. La música es una de las cosas más importantes de mi vida, pero nada es más importante que la vida en sí. Así que escoge a un conductor designado. Public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Healthy Voyager Radio. My first guest is the co-author of some of the best vegan cookbooks around, such as Veganomicon, Vegan Cupcakes Take Over the World, and Vegan Cookies Take Over Your Cookie Jar. She's just released her first solo cookbook, Viva Vegan, a collection of veganized Latin recipes. So with no further ado, I welcome Miss Terry Hope Romero. Hello, Terry. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. So tell us how you found yourself becoming the cookbook queen and what were you doing before you got into this world? <laughs> I uh, I was, uh, what was I doing? How did I get here? Well, um, I don't know if your listeners have heard of the Post Plank Kitchen at all. Um, mm-hmm. That was a show, it was a public access show done by Issa Chandramaskwitz and I. 
and um, you know, my, the, my co-author with Vietnamicon and Cupcakes and Cookies. And, yeah, so we did this public access show, and we did it for a little while, and it was a lot of fun, and it was, you know, vegan cooking and punk rock bands and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and then she went out to go do a book, and then I joined her for her second book, which uh, is the Cupcake book. And then it all kind of happened after that. And uh, before and during uh, these cookbooks, uh, I you know, have a full-time job as well because that's what you do in New York City. <laughs> you always have <laughs> something else going on. Um, so, yeah, I've been a graphic designer and, you know, and uh, cooking, cooking uh, whenever I can. And I, nice. you know, in the past, yeah, in the past I have actually worked in restaurants too. And uh, that's, that's a whole different story and very different than working on cookbooks, that's for sure. Yeah. Now, were you self-taught or did you go to culinary school or did you just love cooking as a kid and you decided to hop on with Issa? Uh, um, kind of everything. Uh, I, I've been cooking ever since I was like a kid or like 12 or even younger and just trying everything out and making all these things and always always in the kitchen. Uh, I've had a little bit of training in kind of very formal traditional cooking school. And, and But really, most of my learning has come from just, just trying things out and researching and reading and, you know, some restaurant work as well. That's where, that's where I really found I really, you know, learned, learned everything. And I'm still learning. It's always a learning process. Yeah, totally. So how, when, and why did you become vegan? Well, I mean, I feel like I became vegetarian back when I was 16 or maybe younger, and it's, it's, it feels like that was so long ago because, <laughs> uh, you know, we were talking like the mid-80s, and I, I, you know, I, I don't really remember everything that I was going through my mind at 16, but uh, it seemed to make sense. Uh, I was interested in health stuff, and I was interested in animals, and, and there was really my only, the only like two vegetarians in my entire high school were also uh, my friends, also some of my best friends, so I just kind of did what they were doing because that's what you do. Right. Uh, when you're a kid. Uh, so you know, so I did that, and um, and then after that, I went ahead and um, you know, since then, like when I moved to New York City, finally, like in the nineties, like everyone I knew was vegetarian or vegan, and it just seemed like a natural transition after that. And uh, yeah, it's so, funny. It's like, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was gonna say. So it's funny that you know your your peer pressure from your friends is actually a positive one, but was it tough to convince your Latin family? Because I know for for most Latins, I mean, we grew up with meat and potatoes and all that stuff. And was it tough for your family to to not uh, serve you arroz con pollo anymore? Oh, oh, they hated it. No, of course they didn't like it, you know. But but I was already cooking on my own, you know. And and by that point, I was like, look, guys, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be making what I want to make. And um, so I I just went ahead and I just started cooking anyway. And and that's like my biggest advice to people is like, you know, if if you're in a situation with like a big family or or just if you're like a teenager, um, and and people don't like what you're doing, just just kind of cook on your own and, and you know, and, and show them what you're making and, you know, and, and make them understand, hey, this is what I want to do, you know? Right. It's so funny. They even still give me a hard time today. It's, it's amazing. We <laughs> feel like a kid sometimes. <laughs> right, right. So do you cook for them more often now if you, when you get together with family or do you just kind of suck it up and shake your head and eat before you go? Oh, man, kind of a combination of both. <laughs> it's so funny. People ask me about like. I feel about Thanksgiving, and I can't eat it. <laughs> I'm always 
I'll to see family, and I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> but, you know, if I have enough time, I can say something uh, when I'm there. You know, a lot of times I don't because, you know, I'm just kind of getting back and forth on the bus. Um, so, so it's a combination of things. Like, when I am with them, like, they do understand, and, like, you know, they'll, they'll get me ingredients that I, that I want to use, and, you know, everything works out fine now. But, um, but definitely it's like, okay. <laughs> There's some places, you know, you just got to, you know, like, eat your bowl of cereal. <laughs> before you're going yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you said that you also um, you have you do graphic design, but do any cooking classes or anything like that, or is it mainly just for your cookbooks? Um, I have done a couple of cooking classes, and I'd like to do more. Um, you know, in the New York area, I I actually it's kind of funny. The the most recent class I did a little while ago was a vegan tamale class. And it was a really great place in Brooklyn, a really great space that specializes in cooking classes. And I did it, and, and it was kind of funny. Everyone that signed up, none of them were, were vegan or vegetarian, and half of them had never eaten a tamale before. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not quite sure why they were there, but they seemed to enjoy it. And, uh, and I, I've also do, I also do a lot of demos at various food conventions, like at, like at various like vegan and vegetarian conventions. Uh, actually, next week, I'm going to be at uh, Vegetarian Summerfest in Pennsylvania. I'm going to be doing demos there. And that's kind of like a class for a bunch for a lot of people, yeah. you know, like for like 60 people. I'm going to be making a, I'm going to be making homemade tortillas and like a seitan filling and like a salsa to go with it and like a marinated, marinated uh, like a slaw. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I like doing that stuff. And I'm hoping in the future to do some more like smaller scale classes as well somewhere. That sounds yummy. Are you ever going to televise them or, or put up videos of your, your classes? Oh, I would like to. Uh, you know, that's, that's a little bit of a project, getting all the elements together to do that. But, um, but that's definitely something um, to think about. In the meantime, I'm hoping in the future to do just a couple maybe small at home, like maybe, you know, three two-minute videos on, you know, how to do this or how to, you know, how to, how to peel a mango or how to, you know, how to make a pupusa, that kind of thing. Nice. So when you first started out, what was the process of coming up with the concept of the recipes and the cookbooks, and how has that changed now that you've done the solo book? Oh, um, it hasn't really changed too much, really. I, I think uh, I'm pretty obsessed with food, and I'm pretty sure Isa is as well. And I think, I think definitely with me, like, um, and this is the same way I work with Eva Vegan, is I, I just I, I eat a lot of things and I read about a lot of things and. And uh, I'm always kind of thinking about stuff. So I tend to actually write my recipes before I make them. I'll be kind of thinking like, hmm, what would it be like if I combine this bean with that thing and that thing? And then I write a recipe and then I kind of take it into the kitchen and it's like I'm my own tester. Like I kind of make my, I make it and say, oh, we're bad. And then I tweak it again and make it again until I feel like it's kind of ready to go uh, to be tested by other people. So that's, that's kind of my process really. And it's pretty much been the same through all the books. And are your friends or your family happy to be guinea pigs for your recipes, especially this last one? Was your family excited that you did a Latin cookbook? Oh, yeah. I mean, my family isn't anywhere near me. Uh, so actually, I'd be calling them all the time, like, hey, do you remember when we had this? <laughs> and they called this? Like, I was always bugging that about them. But, but definitely friends. Uh, I, I definitely feed a lot of my friends, and uh, I definitely fed a lot of coworkers, too, in the past with uh, lots of cupcakes and cookies. And why did you decide to focus on a Latin cookbook? Because you missed the food, or what was the reason? 
Yeah, it was a little bit of uh, kind of thinking about the foods I grew up with, and then and then I felt like in the whole like like the whole world of like like vegan and vegetarian cuisine, there's there seems to be like not like a, almost like a like a there's so many Latin elements of, that are missing because the Latin cuisine is so big and mm-hmm. it's so varied, and I feel like most people only know burritos. Uh, or they only know guacamole, <laughs> right? And there's right. so much more. And I was like, you know what? This, this really, this I could do this. I, I could make a vegan cookbook <laughs> out of this stuff. And it's always fun to, you know, to tell people you're doing a Latin vegan cookbook because they look at you like you're crazy. <laughs> like what? Right? <laughs> How are you gonna do that? And you know, then I did it. <laughs> so That's awesome. You know, so it was fun. It was definitely fun and challenging as well. So. What are the some of the must-haves you need to stock a vegan Latina kitchen, both with cooking utensils as well as, like, the most used ingredients in Latin cooking? Hmm. Well, uh, I think definitely when it comes to Latin cooking, getting, getting familiar with, like, Latin-style corn flours, like masarina and masarepa flour, which is used in Venezuela and Colombian cuisine. I think it's it's definitely those are, are must-haves. You know, you need them for arepas, for tamales, for tortillas, for papusas, for so many really great, wonderful things. And, um, and you know, if you like chilies, definitely this is the cuisine for you. Like they're just, especially in Mexican cuisine, there's so many amazing chilies out there. Try beans, um, besides black beans and pintos, there are so many other great beans. Like I learned about like canary beans and cargamato beans, and, and, and they're all cheap. You know, you go to a Latin grocery store and they're all there. And, uh, you know, there's, Definitely lots of ground cumin. Um, I use a lot of that, plantains. Uh, so definitely there's a lot of fresh produce uh, that you can have a lot of fun with in this cuisine. And as far as utensils, I, I feel like it's fairly basic. I feel like using, um, you know, like I, I'm a big fan of cast iron. So mm-hmm. I use a lot of cast iron pans and a lot of like a nice cast iron um, like um, uh, pan, like a, like a, like a griddle to, to cook things like tortillas on there or, or make make cachapas and um which is the big Venezuelan corn pancake. And if you like to make tortillas, definitely a tortilla press is essential. And they're pretty cheap too. Like uh I I've seen them online for like maybe ten dollars and if you love making fresh uh corn tortillas, which is something really easy to do, uh you gotta have one of those. It makes a breeze. Nice. I'm coming to your house. <laughs> fresh tortillas. <laughs> yeah. So, what's next for the vegan Latina? Are there more solo books in the works, or more collaborations, or other projects outside of your cookbooks? I, I think I think a little bit of both. Um, you know, I think uh, I think I'll be definitely doing something with Issa uh, down the road. I am thinking about what I want to do next for myself, and uh, you know, I can't really say too much about it yet because I'm kind of I'm still thinking about it. But you know, definitely definitely more in the cookbook world. And uh, and we'll see beyond that. Um, I don't know. <laughs> it, there's there's a lot to think about right now. Yeah, for sure. So let's say there are some Latino listeners out there that are teetering on the idea of being vegetarian or or even you know further like us vegan, um, and are getting the pressure from their vegan Latin or their non-vegan Latino families. What would you say? Um, to them to kind of help nudge them over. Okay, well, I want to give them a big hug and uh, and say you're not alone. And 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 I think definitely one big thing is uh, is, is kind of 
kind of making up your mind that there's support out there. You know, you can definitely, one of the things I wanted to say before is I was thinking about when I was 16 in the 80s, there was no internet. <laughs> there was, there yeah. was nothing like that to, to really know that there's anyone else out there. <laughs> but but now there is. Uh, and I think there's so much great support out there. And, and beyond reaching out of your, maybe your normal, I don't know, sphere, uh, cooking is, is a huge thing. I'm a big fan of making food for people, making good food making yummy food and, and sharing it and saying, hey, look, I'm not going to starve to death, guys. <laughs> there's so much meat for me to eat, you know, and there's so many. I'm going to get my protein. I'm going to be okay, um, you know, and be persistent. And I just realized that maybe even, I'm telling you, I've, like I said, like I've been doing this since I was 16. I still get, <laughs> I still get slack sometimes. Realize that, you know, hey, you know, you know what, you're you and you got to do what you need to do, definitely. Right. Well, I like what you said earlier, like people think the Latin cooking is pretty much burritos, tacos, you know, that's it. And yeah. oddly enough, Latin cooking has a lot of beans and vegetables. And oh, so, yeah. you know, people think outside, you know, Hispanics think outside of the realm of the fried garbage. You know, there's so much out there that, you know, we can we can still enjoy. Absolutely. Yeah, well, thank you so much uh, for writing this book. I'm excited. Uh, where can we find out more about you, buy the books, um, keep track of what you're working on, all that stuff? Okay. Well, uh, uh, all the books, the books are available, all of them on, uh, on Amazon and on, you know, Barnes & Noble, all pretty much major book vendors. They're all there. And, you know, you can keep track of me on veganlatina.com. And, um, you know, but I'm probably like a bigger Twitter and Facebook user. <laughs> if you want to know what I'm doing today or eating at this moment, uh, that's probably the place to go. And, uh, and I'm also looking to do uh, some guest blogging for people too. If, uh, you know, do, you know, if you, you want me to talk about anything, <laughs> you know, give me a holler and, uh, and we'll talk. Very cool. Well, you're definitely more than welcome to write up some great stuff for HealthyVoyager.com, so maybe people can find out more about you there, too. Great. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Terry, for coming on the show today. I appreciate it. Keep rocking with your badass Latina self. Thank you. Great. <laughs> Stay with us, because after the break, I welcome the sisters behind H-Life Media, Sylvie and Muriel Feliz. Welcome to the Maya Miguel Challenge. Meet Maya and the gang. Oh, hi, I'm Maya. Maya and her friends want you to get up and play because it's always more fun to be active. <laughs> Let's get started. Just go to letsmove.gov and look for Maya and Miguel. You'll find tons of fun activities that will help keep you healthy and active. Whether you play sports, run, dance, or jump in place, just get up and play at least an hour a day. Take the Maya and Miguel Challenge today at letsmove.gov. A message from the Ad Council and HHS. Thanks for coming back to Healthy Voyager Radio. My next guests are two exuberant sisters who created H-Life Media, promoting health and wellness everywhere. They are my friends, my sisters from another Mista, Sylvie and Maril Salis. How are you girls? Hi, lovely Healthy Voyager. Hey, <laughs> how are you? <laughs> Good, how are you? We're great. Awesome. awesome. All right, girls, so... Tell the folks listening to today's show what H-Life Media is all about. 
So H5 Media is an online holistic health lifestyle publication. And it's all about redefining the concept of health, you know, to mean something optimal, not dysfunctional. And so we have information on nutrition, uh, recipes that are all plant-based, uh, mind, body, and spirit, relationships, and even a section called Dear Age Life where people can write in and ask, uh, you know, various questions about all of these topics. Nice. And you have Age Life in Espanol, right? So tell us a little bit about that part of the site because that's something that a lot of uh, – uh, that, that's a whole market that's missed, pretty much. Definitely. I mean, uh, as as you uh, know and everybody knows, we're bilingual, and uh, it, it's really important. Uh, right now there's a huge crisis, not just in our country, but in South America and all of uh, Spanish-speaking countries, and even the largest minority, which are Hispanics here in the States, that, uh, you know, obesity, diabetes, all these things, that they really need to be educated on, as well as, all the the rest of us and uh, having an Espanol section and uh, educating and informing all all these uh, people about not just how to eat but you know your mind and and your spirit and how to bridge all those into one um, was really important for us and it's you know everyone's so happy about it and they write us about it and we're just contributing our two cents. Yeah, yeah, it was kind of our mission. It was kind of because we, you know, of course, we grew up, uh, we're Peruvian, and uh, we go back all the time. And, you know, you see the evolution of people and how, uh, you know, how here people are just getting bigger and bigger and over there as well, because everyone over there has, you know, sort of the same kind of fast foods and, and uh, they get stuff from the United States and, and look up to the States. So, you know, we wanted to make sure that we didn't find anything, any other website that had an in Espanol section that was holistic health. So we had to make sure, even though it was extra effort for us, that we had that information also available to, to the people. Yeah. It, it is such an important market. And I, I mentioned it in my intro that the Latin community is, is just getting bigger because of what's available in their areas. You know, junky food, processed food, and the, the education and programs aren't available for them to learn how to get healthy. So what you guys are doing is perfect for that community. Thanks. So, you, know, you know what's really interesting? I just want to point this out um, for all those who are listening is that, interestingly enough, in the Hispanic communities here in the States, usually a lot of those people have houses. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they could, if, if they get the right information and they just get a little bit more proactive, they could actually have little gardens in their houses. Yeah, you know, and um, because that's, you know, a lot of us that, that live in the city, like right in the city, um, wish we had that space to actually have gardens. So that's something that might be an idea that people might consider, whoever, even if you have a small space, you can have a little garden of something and get quality uh, produce yourself. Yeah, for sure. That is a good point. They do have the houses, and, and even if it's not within their house to do a community garden in those areas would be great. Definitely. Yeah, great idea. Yeah, great idea. I uh, I was actually a feature editor at a newspaper that was a Spanish-language paper, sister paper of the LA Times called Oi Newspaper. And uh, when I was doing interviews in the Hispanic communities, I would see that, you know, I would go to the supermarket and I couldn't find oranges. I mean, it was really very wow. sad. I could I could find Coke and I could find, you know, uh, Snickers bars, but I couldn't find where's the produce. And it was very, really very telling 
as to what was available to them and to how difficult it is for them to actually get this stuff. So I think both of those, you know, personal garden and community garden would be great ideas. Yeah, it's 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 a funky, yeah, what, what's being sold to the lower income communities or the, you know, inner city communities is just not, uh, it's not healthy. So good for you guys. So tell us a little bit about each of you and how you decided to work together to create H-Life. Well, um, again, you know, it's a holistic health uh, lifestyle site. So this is how we live. I mean, we brought up with not just not just nutrition and food and inquiring, questioning, questioning, but also it's a self-development, you know, your mind, your spirit, how to connect to spirit. And we had such an amazing result in our life on all those levels that we felt compelled to share this information with the world now without, have, you know, having the Internet, you can reach the world. So share all this information and help everybody bridge the gaps between all of that and, and look at health, uh, health as a as an all, you know, mind, body, and spirit, and emotions. And uh, that's how we're, and Merle and I, Merle, we're complementary. Well, we're very complementary. And we also, our training is, is such that Sylvie studied holistic nutrition, and she's, all, she's a health uh, holistic consultant. And I, uh, you know, I'm a journalist by trade, and I had, uh, did a fellowship on uh, health journalism. So it was kind of really perfect and both really what we were both interested in, you know, personal development and, and, and health is a huge part of that. So we decided that this was this was something we both were really passionate about, um, you know, communicating to the world. On top of that, we're best friends, so we have fun. <laughs> that I can attest to. That I know for right. sure. <laughs> so when, and, when and why did you decide to switch to a plant-based diet and and – when did you decide to make it into your career? I know, Sylvie, you studied holistic nutrition, so were you vegan before that, or did it kind of happen at the same time? Well, when we were in college, we went vegetarian, but we did it as a family. And mm -hmm. uh, my mom sort of uh, was the pioneer in, in the whole, you know, the the one that, that said, hey, let's do this, all constantly, you know, searching for um, truth in, in everything and what is the best for living and um, so but we didn't have a lot of knowledge so we were quickly all anemic <laughs> and then and then uh, we we never went back to meat as a family but you know we, we went back red to meat. red meat right red meat but then we went a little bit you know we went back to chicken and fish but then we let go of chicken everybody was just turned off and then we went back to fish and uh, and then quickly, I went to raw. <laughs> and, and then from raw is where the whole H-Life thing, it was just the most amazing experience ever. And it changed my life literally on so many levels. And um, that I just, that's when I went into school for all this stuff, not just nutrition, but holistic health as an you know, overall mind, body, and spirit. So were you for the me, one that influenced, oh yeah, I was going to say for Mariel, what happened with you? It was very different. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, it was the, the whole family thing. And we did it initially, you know, my mom, uh, you know, we were always going to spiritual retreats and trying to become more and more aware of, of uh, ourselves and our, our environment. And initially it was out of respect for the animals and uh, out of respect for all life forms. And, you know, like Sylvie said, we quickly went anemic. And, um, and this was because we, at the time we were living in Miami, which, again, you know, compared to the Hispanic community here and everything, your environment really has a lot to do with things. Miami, you know, was like 
chuleta, churrasco, you know, the food. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all tasty and stuff. And so it's, you know, the one, I think, at the time when we were living there, the one vegetarian restaurant that was in Miami Beach closed down. So, you know, there we were. It's like, okay, what do we eat pasta? We didn't know. We didn't have any information. And you know, former, right, former total meat eaters from Peru. And, uh-huh. uh, and so, you know, as we all started, um, you know, seeing how our bodies reacted to this too and how our minds reacted to it. Uh, and then after Sylvie went raw, you know, for me, it was a little more gradual. I never actually totally went raw. I do raw weekends or raw days or something, and I incorporate a lot of raw foods in my, my current diet, and I only make vegan food at home, but it was much slower. It was more like going back and forth, and, and maybe now it's some chicken, and then not chicken, and then fish, and then, oh, I don't feel so good with fish, and then coming back and just saying, this is what I feel good with, and kind of sticking to that. Yeah, and then even from raw, I, I just I went back. I just stayed at, at the vegan stage, and uh, I'll do microbiotic maybe twice a year. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, because it's really important to allow yourself to be flexible, because even our bones, as strong as as they seem, they seem rigid. They are not. They have flexibility, and life is ebb and flow. So you have to just just like the seasons change you are constantly changing as a human being on all levels. So knowledge is important. Um, Knowing what you're doing is important. Why you're doing it and what does the body need at that time is important. So since you guys went, luckily, vegetarian at the beginning as a family, but it was the immediate family, how did the rest of the family in Peru, and like when you go back and visit, is it tough for them to understand that you're not eating carne asada anymore? (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's an interesting one. It, you know, it's 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 two things. One is the family, immediate family here, completely supportive because we're all doing it together. Only your little sister is not, you know, uh, totally vegan or plant-based yet. But um, when you go to Peru, that's a whole other story. And I think the biggest thing is, you know, we also don't drink alcohol. And so we kind of had to deal with this, you know, why don't you do this kind of questions before. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of a little bit prepared. Um, but, but, you know, you get all the questions and I think it's a really, um, interesting thing because the effort is not for us to feel okay, but for us to understand how other people are feeling with how we are changing. And so to really give people the chance to acclimate to the changes that we have already made. And, and I think another thing that I think is really important, Sylvia always points this out to me, and which is why we have H5 is the fact that we have the knowledge information to answer the questions that they may have, like, why don't you eat this? And, well, you know, I know exactly what it does or what it doesn't do to my body and why I'm doing it and, you know, and how it also affects the environment positively or negatively. So I think having the information was really, really crucial for us in order to ease into this transition in part, as part of our society. So how do you think that as, like us, as vegan, vegan Latinas, we can help change the minds of the rest of the Latin community here in the States that they can live without meaty meat empanadas and still eat delicious food by being and still be healthy, because well, that's a really tough nut to crack here for sure. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's it's definitely tough to crack, but not completely impossible because nothing ever is. But definitely, number one is be the example. You know, people look at you and they ask you, "What are you doing? Why do you you know you look great? You're glowing. Uh, what are you eating? What do you eat?" And then when, when you actually um, 
you know, talking about food and, and H Life, we have an H Kitchen section where we give um, original recipes for free that are that have been tested in our kitchen <laughs> as Latinas, and we love them. And uh, so, because taste is huge for us. We, I mean, we grew up in a culinary environment, uh, and it was a big, it's a big thing, for instance, and I think in all of our countries, but in Peru, in our experience, I mean, I find the best Italian food, not even Italy, but there. Um, so definitely was, it's, it's go ahead, Maru. Well, we have a cordon bleu school in Peru. So, so Peruvian food right now is extremely uh, popular and very gourmet, named one of the top gourmet foods in 2006 and everything, and, and uh, Peruvian restaurants opening left and right. So we come from a very uh, flavor-rich background. So uh, you thought you were going to introduce me to, like, you know, like a boxed soy burger? Uh-uh, I don't think so. You know? <laughs> so <laughs> there we were in Sylvie's kitchen, you know, because her kitchen's bigger than mine, and coming up with all these things because I was like, all right, we, we're going to do this, but it's, I'm sorry, I'm not going to sacrifice flavor for it. And neither was her husband. You know, it was really funny. Her husband also is now, you know, vegan, and slow, he made the transition even slow, um, slowlier than I did. But, uh, but, you know, it had to be good because we come from those taste buds that are used to all these exciting things. So that's what we did with the H Kitchen. We made sure that everything is actually really, really tasty. We have some things that kind of taste like ceviche, you know, very limey. Um, mm. Other things that are, you know, pumping up legumes, you know, because we find that a lot of people don't know how to make beans or legumes. And for us, that's a staple that's super tasty. So, you know, it was just yeah. about really punching flavors up. Even like bolognese, like the sauce, the tomato bolognese sauce, I mean, as a vegan, we can attest that it's amazing and there's nothing to miss with, right. you know, the other flavors that we, we still remember. But if we use our creative minds and put our skills to the test in the kitchen, if you've got the buds, the taste buds, you can get the flavor. Just, you know, because every flavor in vegan food is all about uh, spices and herbs and just putting the right flavors together with spices and herbs. The combinations will give you that flavor. So, yeah. That's just, well, you know, it's, you know, it's funny, like meat never has flavor on its own. It has to have spices. So the same would right. go for anything. So it's funny how, you know, people are like, oh, well, you know, if there's not meat in it or chicken, it's like, well, that doesn't really do anything, you know. It's all the other. I know. Stuff. It's always so funny to us because it's, it, you know, people are like, "But what do you eat?" You know, occasionally. Like I just got back from Peru two weeks ago, and it's like, "But wait, are you just gonna eat salad, lettuce?" For me, a salad is not even lettuce. It's spinach and kale and all these wonderful heirloom tomatoes and 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 you know, and I tell them, "Okay, you're taking out red meat and chicken and and fish and whatever and eggs." Three things. There. There is an, yeah, three things. There's an entire plant kingdom, you know, like, I mean, in Peru, we have hundreds of different just types of potato, you know, so you've got yeah. all these things that, that once you take out these, um, you know, especially also really processed foods, because we're all about eating whole, fresh, local, organic foods as much as we can, that your taste buds become much more sophisticated and your brain and your neurons become much more acclimated to what, to the chemistry, the new chemistry of your body and all of these subtle and wonderful flavors that the plant kingdom has to offer get all punched up and it's awesome you know it yeah <laughs> for sure for you sure. know it you know it so the 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 idea of a plant-based diet obviously and i agree is to lead by example 
and to and to show people how great it tastes. Because I know many, many years ago, vegan food was just terrible. Like, talk about no taste. You know, like even the products <laughs> yeah. that were available and the cuisine, and it's definitely changed over time. Um, but outside of just plant-based, I know that you guys really talk about holistic living. How would you introduce that idea to someone or to a group that you know would benefit from it but wouldn't readily seek it out? Well, that's that's the whole idea behind Age Life is it's really to connect, to see healthy living. People think of health, they think of automatically their physical body. And, you know, for us, health really starts at the mind. And it's really mind, um, you know, the connection to spirit, your the what's animating this physical body and your emotions. Food is, is something that supports uh, the connection to all of these. But it really comes from understanding who we are as as human beings, understanding our how our minds work, and um, and really um, maintaining a balance, a balanced state of emotion and mind, and having that connection to spirit. Which at all do we we're not saying you know religion. We're talking about really connecting to yourself. Like what are you thinking? What, where does that emotion come from? Really questioning and analyzing and taking apart your internal self, self-knowledge, and understanding it. And when it comes to a plant-based diet and with relationship to holistic living, it's, you know, the first thing that you need to ask yourself, why am I eating this? Is it just because my taste buds are calling for that? Is it because I have a chemical addiction to sugar or to something else? Is it because I have a chemical imbalance in my body that's calling for something, more salt, I need more mineral? You know, it's really like Sylvie said about the mind because it's about asking yourself, why am I doing this? Who am I? What do I need? Why am I doing this? And then once you get those answers, then you start to decide, okay, what do I want to be? And what do I want to eat? And what do I need to eat? And that's when you start making the connection between, you know, really what is in your mind and the food choices that you're making. And then you start to see that a plant-based diet is really the best choice for you uh, overall, holistically, for your emotions and your mind and your body. And as a support for living, because when we talk about um, healthy living, holistic living, it's that. It's on all levels, not just, you know, food is something we do three, maybe five times a day, but, you know, we're constantly in, engaging and in, in connecting uh, with other people, we're relationships, you know, whether it's your coworkers, your family, yourself, and it's and everything's happening on an internal level in your mind. So with H Life, you know, it's for it's it's for us. It's really a huge thing for people to understand what happens in your mind, what happens in your uh, on an emotional and a spiritual level, uh, and really connect all of them. How that they all are connected. They all affect each other, and we need to approach ourselves on all of those levels. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's it is very true that especially in the Latino community, and I mentioned this in my intro, that we food is the centerpiece of get-togethers in the Latin community. I mean, no one just gets yeah. together to sit around and talk. There's always food or something, and that's been a very big part of our lives. And, and then it also triggers emotional eating or, or things like that. So it is, it's yeah. very true that whatever's going on in your noggin is, is going to go in your mouth. So, so for <laughs> sure, it is all connected. So what's your favorite dish, each of you, and why? Why don't you go first? Ooh. Okay, my favorite dish right now, and it's, it's, you know, it's always evolving and it's always changing, especially with the seasons and, you know, like if it's hot or if it's cold or whatever. 
but right now I'm obsessed with lentils with a side of brown rice and a spinach salad with sweet peppers uh, and heirloom tomatoes. And, of course, I always season my salads with lime and a little bit of Udo's oil. So that's my obsession right now. And for dessert, I have baked uh, sweet yams. Yum. Okay, <laughs> she is totally my sister, and you could tell we, we hang out way too much, and I like it because uh, my answer is probably pretty similar. It, for me, though, I am obsessed all the time. I need to have humongous salads I, like I just my body asks for them but they always got to have the basics which are um, red onions mm -hmm. lime <laughs> red onions and lime is like it's got to be there and, and heirloom tomatoes and like a lot of greens I, I combine spinach with wild arugula sometimes kale um, love avocados putting avocados in my salad just takes it to the next level Mm -hmm. um, but when we, when we say 80-20, we mean it, like 80% the whole salad with a combination of all veggies and really juicy, limey, um, and then like the 20%, a combination of a lime, uh, bean and, and brown rice, uh, legume and brown rice, and then, yeah, I'm totally with Maril, 100% dessert, baked yams. It's like the best. So good. Yum. And the salad, we're always trying to make our salads taste like ceviche. You can totally tell we're Peruvian. It's all limey <laughs> with onions. <laughs> I was just going to say, it totally sounds like that. That sounds like a salad that I love that we have in Colombia called repollo. It's pretty much cabbage with tons of lime, and it's the best. Yeah. Well, see, it's, it's so funny. I always say, like, you know, dishes and certain things stick in a culture for a reason. And, you know, as you know, lime is super alkalinizing to your body. So, you know, we have ceviche, which, of course, includes fish. But, you know, for us, it's like just the fact that you have the onions with the lime, like that's our thing. And we throw mm -hmm. it on the salad. And, and you can throw it on different things or just eat it by yourself or, you know, throw some, some tomatoes in there. But that, the whole lime thing, it's like your body calls for it. And everyone resonates with it because it, it's good for your body. Yeah, oh, it helps sure. you. Yeah, when well, you know the lime, it actually preps digestion as it um, aids to release hydrochloric acid which is, you know, what, what helps break down all the food um, in your stomach. And so it's perfect. And, and you know what? Everything is also a habit. You know, we're, we're beings of habit. And if we create good habits for ourselves, it's just, you know, we just got to program, okay, well, this is really amazing and your, your body gets used to it. And if you uh, program really amazing things in your life uh, from beliefs to um, things that you do in the kitchen, like certain, you know, staple things that you're doing live, like Playtime, uh, an article we uh, published today uh, on H Life, then life just, you just, you, life nourishes you and you get nourished by it. If you're doing it correctly. <laughs> oh, totally. Yes. <laughs> so, what's next for the Mujeres of H Life? Well, right now, Marilla and I are working on a book. Um, it's it's basically on you know self knowledge and uh, personal transformation. Personal transformation, and and we're also working on a show. We're developing a show for ourselves. So very that's, cool. That's what we're doing. Yep. So H Life goes video. Very cool. So where can everyone find out about you guys, your recipes, all this stuff? It's hlifemedia.com. And um, we also have a, a weekly newsletter that you can sign up uh, when you go to the site, um, H Life Weekly. And um, 
you can you'll receive all the latest all, all the latest uh, articles as well as the holistic tip and uh, a couple of extra little bites of goodness. Yeah. <laughs> but it's hlifemedia.com and um enjoy it. And your H Life in Espanol is on the same site, right? It's on the same yeah. site. You'll see it at the top, you know, menu under all the H this, H that, H Kitchen, H Report. And Espanol is right by the H Talk with Sylvia Muriel and the newsletter right there as well. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show today. I appreciate uh, you taking the time and being my friends and, uh, and just being out there doing what you're doing. We love being your friends, and uh, and we love to, uh, to, you know, having the opportunity to chat with you and, and uh, with your listeners. This is a lot of fun for us, as always with you. Thank you so much, <laughs> Carolyn. You rock. You rock. All right, everybody, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome to Move Time Radio, presented by the Arthritis Foundation, and we're smack dab in the middle of our dance-a-thon to fight arthritis pain. Me, I've been grooving for 10 hours straight, baby, but I'm a boogie machine. See, movement is just one of the ways to help fight osteoarthritis pain. Another is weight loss. You get rid of just one pound. That's four pounds of pressure off each knee. For more information on managing pain, visit fightarthritispain.org. Then meet me on the dance floor. This message brought to you by the Arthritis Foundation and the Ad Council. We're back on Healthy Voyager Radio to wrap it up before the July 4th weekend. Alrighty, make sure that you visit www.veganlatina.com as well as hlifemedia.com for delicious and healthy vegan recipes, health info, and more. You can find them both on Twitter as well as Facebook. Both uh, Terry and H Life Girls are active on both Facebook and Twitter, so you can get the most updated information from all of those girls um, on either one of those social networking sites. And please make sure to join me next week for a great show featuring the Lunchbox Bunch maven herself, Kathy Patalski, as well as raw chef extraordinaire, Miss Annie Fio. That'll be a great show. And as for me, of course, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. Check me out for all my upcoming information and updated information and giveaways and all that neat stuff that you find online. So check it out, and as well as uh, HealthyVoyager.com. Be sure to subscribe to the newsletter because subscribers are the only people that get uh, these special special information and uh, special offers like coupons and other giveaways just for subscribers. And uh, if you join the online community as well, you can meet other like-minded globe, healthy globetrotters um, on the actual Healthy Voyager website. So you can subscribe on HealthyVoyager.com to the newsletter as well as join the community. So please check those out. Again, I'd like to thank Miss Terry Hope Romero as well as Sylvie and Maril Celis one more time for all of their great info today. Be sure to check out the podcast of today's show as well as past shows on HealthyVoyager.com as well as iTunes and Zoom so you can subscribe and never miss a show. And before we wrap it up, I'm going to place out with a song by Latin pop sensation Ricky Martin. Yep, you may have known some other things about him that he kept under wraps, but I'm pretty sure you didn't know that he is a longtime vegetarian. Yep, look at that. Find out more about Ricky at rickymartin.com. Check out his uh, his music and his upcoming tours. 
All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me again today. Have a wonderful 4th of July weekend. And in honor of our Veggie Latin show, as well as the 2010 World Cup, enjoy The Cup of Life by Ricky Martin. Hasta luego. Do you really-